0: Hello, hello. Hey. Hey, Dan. How are you doing?
1: Great. How are you?
0: I'm okay. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we we last talked.
1: It has indeed. Are you in South Queens right now?
0: Um, I am in Long Island.
1: Is it raining where you are?
0: Yeah. Kind of. Because it just started heavy duty over here in Midwood. Oh, no. Uh, it's... It's like drizzly over here,
1: oh, we're we're past the drizzle stage. This is a proper rain, oh no, I like it. I mean, I'm indoors, so why yeah. would't I
0: <laughs> oh no, yeah. rain,
1: nature uh... <laughs>
0: that's right you're uh you're much more uh zen than than most uh bustle and bustle New Yorkers. Well,
1: I grew up in Toronto and I don't know if it's the rainiest part of Canada, but it's not, not the rainiest. So for me, it's, it's a, an occasion for, I don't know, kind of restorative ideas. It's raining, it's cleaning away all the pollution and replacing that pollution with New exotic pollutions that only come with the rain. So,
0: well, I meant more than just that—the fact that you're from Canada. Um, <laughs> uh, I meant, uh, I meant that uh, you know, um, you're an artist. Obviously, you you uh, you channel certain things and and are creative and do that sort of thing. So. Yeah, the last time we spoke, you had an album, an EP, and things are different. Things are much different now.
1: (laughs) Well, I think the last time we spoke might have been uh, in a chain of several EPs. I don't know if it was the most recent one. Should we figure out when the last time was we spoke? Eh, details. No one cares for those details. <laughs> things are, yeah, things are different. Things have changed a bit. though so I'm still making music. It just takes me a lot longer and requires much greater focus because I am also now a mum, <laughs> A full-time mum. I should add, because it's one thing to mother with loads of help and another to share the responsibility with a partner who has a full-time job. So I stopped my day job, which was teaching uh, civics and English as a second language to recent immigrants at church in Flatbush, uh, Mm -hmm. because I can't do that, and full-time mom at the same time. I still tutor from home, but again, it's like a whole other kettle of fish and making music requires this sort of uh, like, overhaul of a day's activities, which you just can't, you just can't really do that with a little baby quite the same way. So, music is coming out from my brain and my music colleague's brains at a slower rate uh, and one song at a time rather than an EP at a time. <laughs> that's the only thing that's changed, though. Otherwise, everything's totally the same. Yeah.
0: I mean, I don't know. Uh, so some things have changed with me since we last spoke, too.
1: Tell me about
0: it. Yeah. So uh, I went back to school for a little bit and uh, study music recording, cool. studio recording. So right on. Uh, so yeah. So uh, I you know I wanted to uh, learn a little bit more about the process and really have like. Uh, competitive advantage over like other music journalists who are just you know quote unquote critics
1: sure Whereas I actually sure. have
0: you know the now I have some of the experience and the and the you know the hands on stuff with the you know with the x l r cables and the
1: right on and the digital <laughs> audio workstations
0: yeah speaking cool. of speaking of which. You know, not to get too technical, but um, so you you say you're, um, you know, working with, uh, you know, you you're still doing music, and um, I'm just wondering if, you know, inspiration, you know, I, I, apparently, you know, since music's still coming to you, you know, uh, what what what's what's been the force of inspiration lately?
1: Whoa, uh, well, let's see. So for eight months, I've spent pretty much 24-7 with this very small human. And I would say that my daughter has kind of reset my buttons creatively in a welcome way uh, in that I'm experiencing a lot of music that I've loved throughout my life, but spent maybe years away from in some cases all over again, afresh, anew because I'm playing it for her. Uh, I play her, I don't know, anywhere up to like 10 record albums a day, probably. Um, And that's been a really lovely kind of, I don't know, like re-embroidery of my music processing brain areas, I think. So is it Um, it
0: like rock or is it like raffi?
1: Oh, it's a huge, I have a, I have a, Big collection of vinyl, and it's pretty eclectic. um I would say I definitely try to play things that I know she'll respond to, because babies like certain kinds of sounds. They like certain kinds of, they love rhythm and they love uh, certain tonalities, vocal tonalities. At least I can't I can't make a blanket statement about all babies, but I've noticed that this baby no, that no. came from me has like a you know a taste. Um, So, I always imagined that if I were to have this theoretical dream baby, my theoretical dream baby would be all about melody and just want to, I don't know, listen to harmonies. (laughs) I don't know what I imagined, like, playing her, like, you know, like, sort of chanting choral music, which is weird because it's not something that I would have opted to listen to on my own before I had a child. So, I don't know why I thought to my, why I would suddenly start playing Enya or something. Um. But she responds really well to uh, disco. She really likes pop music with female vocals that fall on a higher register. Uh, I learned this week that she likes the Go-Go's. And when I say she likes, like, obviously she's, she's like eight months old, so she doesn't look up from what she's doing and go, wow, what is this, mom? Who are these people? She's, like, at a very kind of, like, feral stage where, how I gauge whether or not she likes something is basically does she continue to play, you know, cheerfully and does she kind of like rock around on her body to what she's hearing or does she become irritable? So I guess it's not uh, the most exhaustive way to tell because
0: maybe no, she just, I like I like the go Go's as a baseline, to be honest with you. I think I think to be quite frank, I I think parents play walk like an Egyptian for a lot of children. And that yeah, right. comes, comes with a dance, you know, it, it's, it's not like, but it's not like boring, like the Macarena. You know what I mean? It is
1: not. It's, it is, it's not. It's a whole it's whole own thing. So yeah. what's inspiring me these days is like getting back into all of these albums that I kind of neglected for a long time. Uh, either because I outplayed them at some stage in my life or just because I was, you know, like a person with multiple jobs. And music gigs and therefore didn't have time to really sit around and study these things um, and now the sort of meditative quality of parenting which doesn't feel meditative to a lot of people all of the time but one of the things that I find really helps to kind of like take the knots out of my knotted up brain and put the baby in a great mood is just sit together with an activity and listen to this stuff and uh, that's really been inspiring to me. And I guess the other thing that inspires me always, uh, pre- and post-motherhood, because please don't think that all I am is post-motherhood. I have a whole life before this. Uh, don't reduce me to just being a mom, So that's exactly no. who I am now. But, you know, I have this sort of, like, accumulated series of life experiences before all that happens. Um, I'm still really inspired by Brooklyn just by looking at people and listening in on conversations and not not tuning it out when cars go by blasting music like learning about music from what my fellow brooklynites are listening to uh because people here have great taste in music usually and uh yeah. there you have it I,
0: so I, inside
1: I, outside I
0: mean. mm-hmm. um that's so stuff. um you know since since you're listening to, uh, you you know, you're discovering some old, didn't, old music, you know. What are, like, some, like, what are, like, three artists that you've Say recently, again? What are the which ones? Sorry, what are, like, three artists that you've, like, recently
1: Oh, recently? Oh, uh, let's discovered? see. Well, oh, Marshall Tucker Band has brought me so much joy of late. And I remember the first time that I listened to this particular album, which is just, actually, it's just The Greatest Hits. Marshall Tucker Band, Greatest Hits. It was after I had gone through this phase of being really into Jim O'Rourke from the whole Chicago thrill jockey scene in the late 90s, to date myself. Uh, And I was like, oh, this just sounds like Jim O'Rourke, but like, I don't know, less daring. And then I listened to it for the first time in ages recently and thought, holy weasels, this is what Jim Rourke was trying to imitate, and it's so sophisticated and so beautifully thought out and humorous and wow wee wa so cool so there's one for you um what else oh, I found um I found a Bob and Doug McKenzie album, which is just like largely clumsy teenage boy s n l comedy but there's this amazing uh cameo on there by uh Getty Lee from Because they were all Canadians
0: and they were all goofs. And oh um, he, cr- that's, he like, a, creates that, a he, Is that the he um, a song for them. Is that that's a soundtrack, right? Yes. That's I mean it's not what? a sound
1: the album is like a bunch of like back and forth, like, Oh, what are you doing? Oh I'm drinking beer. Give me one of those beers. I'll show you a game. But at one point Getty Lee actually does a cameo and says, yeah, I, I made you guys a, you know, a theme song. And it's actually really so cute and good. Um, and there's a sweetness to it. You realize that all these creative
0: young people were just doing their thing. I can't remember Speaking the of young name. People. It was a second city bit, though. Was it the Great Wide North or something like that?
1: Uh-huh. uh-huh.
0: Like, I, I, can't, I can't remember the name of it, the, the, the skit, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I remember Rick Moranis and, uh, what's his name, um, uh, something. wait, not the,
1: not the character, the actual actor, um, oh, Guy, Guy alongside Rick Moranis, who is totally eclipsed by Rick Moranis, because Rick Moranis is famous,
0: uh, oh, he's actually, he's really funny, he's been in a lot of movies more recently, um, you know, he still works. I
1: think. It I is, mean, I re- oh.
0: He was in Rat Race, I remember. I don't know. Mm. It's uh, just going the way down the <laughs> way down Google can hole. solve
1: what my brain fog cannot, but I'm not gonna Google something while we're doing a podcast. <laughs> no, Anyways, the that's not Rick Moranis. is wow. Rick Moranis' mom, Sadie Moranis, used to have real estate uh, agent ads on the backs of benches, these cement benches we had all over North York Ontario. Oh, wow. Fun fact. <laughs> that's, uh, that and is then I don't know, that pretty
0: cool. Pretty cool fact. Pardon, pardon me? I, didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's a pretty neat uh, fact.
1: Oh, yeah. Bad. Oh, sorry. You uh, didn't know I was partially deaf either, but I can't oh, that's, hear you. That's, that's all right. Um, Bless you. Bless the baby. <laughs> I mean, the baby just sneezed. Very little and cute. Uh, Other stuff. Um, Enoch, you know, Enoch Light is like this weird. Well, I'm sure no one thought he was weird at the time, but he's like an instrumentalist that does sort of these like light, loungy, covers of Beatles songs, like what was top forty at the time. But they're really like swinging and groovy. Enoch Light.
0: Kind of of sounds like a Richard Cheese type.
1: Ooh, totally. Yeah, guy and his orchestra does stuff. <laughs> I mean, I could just keep going and going, and uh, you know, eventually you would just sort of make yourself comfortable and take a nap. But lots of stuff, lots of
0: good stuff. That's cool. And it's funny you said Marshall Tucker, you know. Apparently, you know, according to my parents, they they took me to see a Three Dog Night concert that I, when I was a, mm. a wee tot, and I don't remember any of it, but um, I always but did have. It. But I always did have a um, uh, a, a love for the song Shambhala. There you I go. Can't even say it now, Shambhala. Yeah, I can't even say Shambhala. it right now. Yeah, it was a really, it was a really... Does it nice bring a little tear to your eye? Not really, but, like, it's, it's, it's just a fun song. Yeah. It's like, one of those songs that, like, gets you up and moving. It's like, you kind of have no choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's a southern rock song, kind of, but it's, like, it's got that, like, I don't know, it's got that rhythm.
1: it's so great when you're a little kid because you don't ever, ever feel like you have to qualify something that you like yet, you know. Yeah. I think about the descriptors I'm using when I'm explaining to people what I'm listening to. I'm like, yeah, it's this weird thing, and then automatically, people, why is it weird? What makes it weird? Uh, like, or like, oh, it's a southern rock song, but it's really fun. And I think uh watching little kids is nifty because they're not interested in qualifying anything, like, because they have no context in which to fit things. Like, I was thinking about that with um paul simon's graceland which is beautiful and my father used to listen to it in his car all the time and i played it for the baby and i was thinking oh i gotta explain to her when she's older like the the theft of this recording process and like how sort of inappropriately and thoughtlessly paul simon behaved by today's standards in terms of how he went about like calling and recruiting all these musicians these incredibly talented West African musicians and then basically just said hey this is my album that i made everybody uh didn't or to my knowledge didn't pay anyone at all or barely um you know it's like so embarrassing and so actually tragic and gross um i'm not going to try to explain that to her when she's like 3 but i don't want her to grow up loving an album and not knowing about its sort of cultural no, no, context.
0: Because... I mean, I I would... Uh, and and this is, you know, it's funny, because, I mean, I'm sure at some point in time my parents played for me Paul Simon. Yeah. I absolutely know that they've played uh, Simon and Garfunkel for me um, as a, you know, as a duo. Um, but in terms of... Uh, Graceland, you know, I don't re- remember if they ever played that for me, but I do remember. Uh, you know, you hear Lady Smith Black Mambazo in so mm-hmm. much pop music. It's mm-hmm. in pop music too. You know, yep. they did they did like that, uh, the the Wimboet songs and like stuff like that. All that stuff that was in Lion King and everything like that, like all that kind of cadence and, and and style. It's it's not something that's like, I don't know, it's not white music, and it's kind of messed up that Paul Simon stole it, but especially because yeah. cause that was a time where people were like starting to acknowledge everyone for their like- Right. Own, you it's know like I mean? now
1: now there's a lot more like healthy and reasonable breaking through, but at the time it was just a question of maybe crossing over. Uh, and we're talking about massively talented, thoughtful, visionary musicians. Um, and then I guess the other thing I think about, besides the you know the necessity of explaining that to a kid that's interested in music culture, is how do you explain just artists at large that behave terribly? Like if your kid loves an R Kelly song. Or uh, I don't know. That's hard. Or thinks that like, oh, John Mayer is a brilliant guitarist. And you're like, yes, he's he a That's hard. A guitarist. At this, at this but, point, I
0: say, I say, just don't play R. Kelly at this point. But in terms of like,
1: but he's part of the
0: canon. What do we do?
1: What do we do?
0: <laughs> I <laughs> so mean, so
1: uncomfortable. It's so important. This conversation has to happen. And then once it happens. Well, the, music
0: i feel I feel like I feel like, now, I feel like now, knowing what we know and and how it was recorded and everything, I just feel yeah. like I just feel dirty listening to it now I know,
1: you know I know I feel good. really weird about it too, but then I think, okay, well, what about all the other men and women involved in making it? What about the talented producers and sound engineers and you know the backup vocalists and the instrumentalists and all those people get. For lack of a better term, shafted. Oh God, I said it.
0: Uh, because... I mean, I will. I will say the only person to actually call R. Kelly out on his BS was mm-hmm. Jay Z. Was Jay So I, I think that I think that there is starting like people are starting to say something people are starting to recognize it and like, be like, yo, this was messed up. Um, but I, I still think, I still think, um, you know, you can't cancel music. Um, you can't cancel Mm. certain music. Um, I'll say this, um, you know, I think that if a child is truly interested and attached to a song, they will stop at nothing to find out the background and and. Like oh
1: yeah, the, you can't censor cultural movements out of your child's
0: like oh, awareness no.
1: orbit. They're gonna. I find mean, I
0: it. like I grew up listening to Peter Gabriel, and like he mm. did use a lot of African uh, music in, in in his you know in his music as well. Um you know of course he he worked with like Yusu and Dower, and you know he gave credit where credit was due always but um mm-hmm. he you know was definitely somebody i I always looked up to in terms of like musically and like just like activism and stuff like that and mm-hmm. it, had it not been like something that was passed down to me from my dad, I don't think. I would have had, like, the same kind of attachment I do today to, like, just that style of music that, like, and, and I mean, like, all all music, rock music, pop music, all whatever mm-hmm, you want mm-hmm. to consider it, because,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that that, you know, that that gives you a grounding and a basis to, like, begin listening to stuff um and again begin like, the
1: conversation you know, as soon as they're old enough begin the conversation
0: but but i will say this like you know jerry lee lewis is fun Can't necessarily yeah i was just him. gonna
1: say jerry lewis tried stopping teenage girls in that era from screaming and throwing themselves at his feet right
0: yeah. including
1: a 13 year old cousin who he married
0: so and uh, you know I mean, it really was a different time. Apparently, he got away with like bringing a shotgun to Elvis's house. Wow. Uh, you know, there's you know, <laughs> there's a lot well, of. I'll tell you about, what.
1: But... That's <laughs> so gross and weird. Oh God, let's change the subject. I don't feel.
0: Yeah, I don't no know. Problem.
1: Equipped or qualified or. <laughs> Any of those things to even I I had to go there and start talking about it. I'm the one that brought up our Kelly. let I. Worst yet, I brought up Braceland. So even though I fault. keep saying it's important to have the conversation, I'm now going to shirk my responsibility and say <laughs> let's have that conversation another time because uh, I'm not even going to try to not even
0: try to come up with an excuse. I just. <laughs> No, I, I'm, I I'm not
1: man enough at this moment.
0: <laughs> so I I want to ask you this because this is this yep. is gonna be this is actually I think this is gonna be a fun question. Tell me, growing up, what was some things that you would listen to? What are some things uh, yeah. you remember listening to? Yeah, like as a, uh, as, well, as like a baby. I didn't really stop growing up till like a year ago. So. All right, all right, Set like it out.
1: Age bracket.
0: All right, so I meant like I meant like when you when you were a baby, still in diapers. Oh, okay. What do, uh, you, what well, do you remember?
1: I will tell you. Uh, instead of telling you about my parents' tastes, because those are the things that you listen to by dint of your parents and when they grew up, I will tell you that my first. Cape cassettes were. um, Right Said Freds. I'm so sexy. I'm too sexy. Correction. Um, Abbey Road. I don't know why I had this like melange of totally disparate musical bodies (laughs) going on, but so like basically, not the Right Said wasn't a masterpiece, but obviously Abbey Road has like occupies its own tier of music status. Sorry, Right said Fred, wherever you are. Uh, what else? I found a Matic CD on my school bus. And and we had just gotten a CD player. It was like 6th or 7th grade. And I, I had no idea what it was. It wasn't even in its casing. And I took it home and listened to Nazomatic on my bed. It was like completely gobsmacked because I was living in Suburban, like super low key, gentle Toronto, Ontario. It was I lived in a, a diverse suburb, but like in terms of sort of like classes it was very like safe. It was the notions that came up in this in the lyrics of this album were just like, oh wow, what is? I felt like I had opened a portal to another dimension. So my brain melted and it was great. Uh, I Maybe listened to means- a lot of top 40 stuff on the radio because it was like, that was what you did when you had chores, house chores. Into like,
0: like theme songs or something like that that stuck with you. Theme song? Oh. Uh,
1: a theme song. Ooh. Okay, so maybe like, maybe the theme song of my whole adolescence was this really of gentle droney song by Stereolab called "Sibel's Revelry." It's like very, very mellow song. It's in French. Uh-huh. I think that might be the theme song because I think that that was probably the song that gave me the most comfort at the time when I was listening to it and going through all those like emotional throes of adolescence. Um, and also it was mine on mine because like no one introduced it to me. I found it on my own that was a very important part of finding music at that time because it was pre-internet. So it was like, you found, you know, an Matic CD on the floor of your school bus, or you were at a garage sale and you found like, I don't know, like a yes album or some weird random Canadian band from the nineties that your listeners wouldn't know about it. But <laughs> it, there was just a lot of, um, there was a lot of finding stuff and feeling a kind of uh, an ownership that was totally imagined. And totally pretentious and totally something a teenager might feel uh if they were a bit insecure of course very few teenagers are insecure so i don't know who else would ever feel that but i definitely would say yeah like stereo lab was a big one for me when i was 17 or like the smiths i was really into the smiths There yeah. was a light that never goes out with like my anthem because i was like oh my gosh i'm not the only one who's so misunderstood
0: uh.
1: and uh yeah i, I think um stuff it's tough to choose an anthem but those 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 songs meant a lot to me and then also like so did you know goofy stuff on the radio like top of the pop stuff uh we had like a big british revival movement in toronto it was like i think when i was in high school on any given friday you could either go out to a brit pop night that would play like 60s and 70s british music a Motown and soul night which was amazing too, actually then there were a lot of reggae nights and then there were a lot of goth nights and there were raves but that was like a whole other like I don't even know how to refer to it like area of music that was like way over my head because all of these movements and rave music were coming from Rotterdam and Detroit and like, the D.C. area, and I was not so much into that kind of electronic music, Uh, also because it went hand-in-hand with a certain, like, catalog of drugs that terrified me, and also because it was really expensive to go to a rave. Like, late 90s, sure, you could find some weird cornfield or warehouse that, like, people would just walk in and out of it, but any rave that was, like, sort of commercialized, which is all I really would have thought to go to anyway, because, again, it was sort of, like, out of my reach and a little bit alienating. Um, They were, like, $40 for a ticket, which was a huge amount of money to someone in high school in 1998. Oh, yeah. So there's a run-on answer for you. I think uh, (laughs) I grew up in a part of Canada and a moment that and sort of – technological um desert for lack of a better term that just it made things really really eclectic uh it made you really have to kind of like search for your music you know, you had to go out and hunt it down and i'm not saying people don't search for it now using the internet uh or pandora or whatever you young people listen to just kidding i i, I know what pandora is <laughs> marginally but uh yeah it was a, it was a really cool fun time to delve into music and to find your identity through music I would say
0: I totally agree um so yeah um I kind of wanted to uh put the ball in your court in this in this uh next question and just kind of ask you like how's it been going what what you have worked what you're working on like right now. Uh how's what's your process like right now with because of, you know Because
1: of the great blessed event?
0: Yes. Yes. Actually, actually <laughs> yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to downplay it. Listen, hey, well congratulations no. okay. by the way, congratulations. Thanks. I wanna say that again. Um Thanks. you know I welcome you here. have a little congratulations. you have a little bundle of joy now, so I just you know, um, yeah, I just want to know what's it like balancing being a afford what's going movie. on?
1: It's pretty wild. there's like a lot of late nights uh, a lot of late nights. I'll tell you what you don't sleep so much, you're a baby, and uh we were just talking about raves a minute ago. It kind of you kind of feel like you spent the weekend at a raves every day because your brain is just trying to scrape together enough. I don't know, whatever in your brain shoots off signals to make you function. Like those are limited. So (laughs) it, it's interesting. I put out a song later in my, actually I put out two songs, one song during my pregnancy. Pregnancy floored me. And it was actually, pregnancy was much more exhaustive funnily enough than having a baby. Just, I was one of those women that just gets totaled hormonally, and I just wanted to lie down all the time. Whereas now, I don't really want to lie down all the time. I'm tired, but I'm not. I am neither throwing up nor lying down, as you would be able to see if this were not an audio recording.
0: I'm actually sitting up. But
1: well,
0: that, that, that's good though that well, you're sorry, at, go ahead. you know. I'm sorry. That's great, though, that you're not, you know, completely exhausted anymore. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm really
1: stoked about it. I think you know, during during pregnancy, we put out this one song. Uh, friends of mine and I banded together and joined a band for some months called Trick Candles. And it was sort of like disco-inspired rock, which sounds like about as exciting and tasty as cardboard, when I put it that way. But if you listen to it, you will see that it is more delicious than cardboard. Uh, and I just, I was interviewed for the release by a really, really lovely guy at a really lovely magazine, and I was so happy and grateful to get pressed, because it's hard to get pressed if you don't have, like, a in followers, and I don't. Um, but one of the things I noticed was that when they asked me to send a photo for the publication, they sent me, but I sent them this photo of myself, like, I thought looking cool, like, I was standing outside under... A train trestle, as one does in Brooklyn, and wearing a track jacket, and I don't know, like my hair wasn't tangled, so that was a big deal. And you could tell that I was pregnant in the picture. And when they published the interview, they edited the photo so you couldn't tell in the slightest that I was pregnant. They like cropped it right over my protruding uterus, and. I just remember thinking, yeah, I think my relationship with making music and sort of like the indie music machine is about to change a lot. Not only because obviously, like, my time and energy and and passions will be distributed differently day to day with a child, but also because you get to pick. Do you want to be maiden or mother? Because a lot of society only wants to acknowledge those two. Almost like binary opposites. There's, there's not unless you have the power of, of money and great acclaim behind you, and you want to be an artist. I think that it is still tricky for women to kind of, uh, how can I put it? Like I, I don't want to get too deep into it because I don't want to sound like I'm belly aching. Like yeah, I wanted to have it all and I can't because I understood that there were a lot of things that I was gonna have to do differently uh, once I became a mom. I love that while I'm telling you this. It is like a choosing baby that's screaming and throwing things at me. Oh, no, I totally hear him
0: in the the background, too. It's great.
1: She is protesting. Um, (laughs) She's protesting, of course, because she thinks that that's unfair. What I'm saying, she's very sad about it. So, um, yeah, I think. there's there's definitely kind of been a shift uh, in how I feel about making music. Not in that I want to make it any less than I always wanted to make it. I'm still excited to do it and I still have good friends that I can do it with. But the desire to hustle and get it put out and get it picked up and, you know, like get it distributed through different music platforms and all that stuff uh, and have like kind of the low key press that I was able to garner from just like really going after people. Uh, Cause I had the time to do that. Um, It's gone because I feel like it's a bit of an uphill battle. Even when you are not like, even with the three jobs I was working at the same time, but not being a parent, uh, it was tricky doing that. And of course you have to get used to rejections. If you're your own manager and your own PR person and, You know, I I was never, I wasn't, you know, doing it because I thought I was going to have this massive, like, breakthrough moment and become Britney Spears. I just wanted to make sure as many people as possible could hear stuff that I was making and then decide if they liked it or not. And if they didn't, they could turn it off right away. But if they did, then cool, I got to share music with people that I had worked on. But now, I don't know, you like, you asked me how I'm doing with it. I guess I feel... Maybe, like, simultaneously a little bit disillusioned, but also relieved. Uh, Relieved because I still love to make music. Relieved because I don't feel guilty anymore when I don't work on the PR machine, Uh, which was already, like, a terrible struggle at times and not very cost effective and you know could just leave you feeling so I think like basically what happened was at around the same time that I became a mom and became super 24/7 busy with a baby I think I also kind of got aged out of an age bracket uh that is changing the way music gets shared and shown around and even produced uh and that's okay that's the nature of things like you I introduced this how can I put this I think emotions are surfacing. Oh, no. To Be so careful what I say now because emotions make everything different. They bend the laws of time and space. Basically, uh, to quote a 100-year-old lady that I did a Q&A with for The Wave about a year and a half ago, she said in response to a question about how she felt about the new generation, she said, I can't float in your generation. I can't float in your time. And at the, at the time she said that to me, I thought like, oh, I think that's almost a bit defeatist. Like, what do you mean you can't float in our time? Time is for everyone to float in. It's a public pool. The door's wide open. Uh, and I think I'm finally getting the drift of what she was saying. Uh, it's not like a, an, it's not a nasty exclusion. It's just, it, it takes more and Yes, you agree. It takes more and more work to float in other people's time, but it's like maybe moving forward, it might be interesting to start thinking about how to support and help, for example, my kid and or her friends uh, pursue creative things, not canceling out my own creative pursuits, but understanding them from a different angle, uh, which is that maybe I don't, need that process as strongly now to substantiate who i am because while i gave up one thing i took on another that's so like rich and confusing and vast who knows how many years it's going to take me to sort through what it is to be a parent uh i think it takes you your whole life i don't think it interrupts people's processes musicians necessarily but i am so my emotions are so close to the surface without actually being legitimately super duper crazy that I think it all falls into place. I think it's all going to shake out. No, but I I
0: think stay tuned. I, I think you're you're um I think you're super positive. Um I I always appreciate your 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 energy. Um I uh yeah just wanted to wrap things up and ask you if you have any uh shout outs you wanted to give because we have about three minutes left
1: can you i i don't know it sounds like you're talking through a sock can you say all that again i'm sorry
0: if i have if you have have, like a shout out or something you want to give oh
1: shout outs oh my god so many too many Ah, uh, so I'm going to limit myself to just shouting out to all the people who are <laughs> moms and artists and all the children of artists and all the lovers of artists and all the friends of artists. All the <laughs> creative... The baby is head-butting my breast right now. Literally, she is head me yeah and those are my setups and uh, to those people I've worked with I may never emerge from this deep deep cave again but it was good knowing you and I'm really good at multitasking now in ways that I wasn't
0: before <laughs> well I, I I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate having the both of you on on the podcast.
1: It was our tremendous pleasure, and I look forward to more episodes coming our way to acquaint us with uh, all oh, the great musicians that we might not have otherwise encountered.
0: Oh, absolutely! Thank you so much, Joni. <laughs>
1: You bet then. Have a great evening, morning, too. afternoon, whenever people are listening. Have a good one. You too. Alrighty. All righty. Bye. Bye. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts.